Welcome back to another episode of Peter's Proffer. We're here in the courtroom of current events, and today we're going to be talking about road rage. It has been running rampant in Florida, has doubled over the last couple years, the number of incidents of road rage. So we're going to hit some topics going through what's been going on in the news and what the civil and criminal implications are in road rage cases. So thanks for listening in with us. If you have any questions or topics you want to hear us talk about in the future, just hit us up on at Tragos Law on all social media or email me at petertragos at greeklaw.com. And we're back in here talking about road rage. I have Peter Sardis and George Tragos. We're all here today. Um, we're going to talk about road rage. We've got some different experiences with road rage and some different knowledge on it. First, we'll start out by defining it. Road rage is when somebody feels like they've been wronged on the road when they're driving and their emotions of rage boil over into them making bad decisions. Um, Florida leads the country in road rage incidents. Uh, a study recently by the Foundation for Traffic Safety found that half of all drivers have admitted experiencing road rage ranging from tailgating someone to a physical altercation actually ensuing. Those were ranged from and even bullets flying in some cases. Um, 12% of people admit that they have cut someone off on purpose while on the road. 4% of people admitted that they've exited their vehicle, and they explained it as feelings of rage boiling over. Gun violence on the road has doubled in the last three years, up to 620 incidents in 2016. There have been 1,319 episodes of road rage involving a firearm nationwide. That's crazy. 354 people have been wounded and 136 killed. And again, this only includes reported incidents. So stuff that's happening in areas that doesn't get reported or nobody even finds out about it is in addition to this. Um, There have been 80 reported incidents of assaults in Florida in the last year. And Florida has responded specifically in our state... Um, by adding a few laws over the last years. It is now illegal to drive more than 10 miles below the speed limit in the left lane if another car is coming up behind you. Also, drivers that have been in three crashes in the last three years have to go back to driver's ed. We also have law enforcement officers doing commercials on traffic safety tips, and we have implemented and are implementing more texting and driving laws to try to crack down on that because a lot of people get angry when there are people texting and driving around them. The question is, why? Why is Florida so uh, prone to this? I mean, let's be real. You've been in New York City. You've been to Chicago. The traffic there is far worse than it is here in Tampa. Okay, Miami's bad, but not as bad as New York City. So why? I wonder why, but I think that people don't usually get out of their cars in New York, I wouldn't think, with thousands of cars on the road. Well, you've got got weather issues. Seriously, weather issues— do impact crime. Bad weather, there is less crime. Yeah, exactly. Good weather, there is good crime. Right. We have snow good on the ground, millions of cars in the streets, millions right. of people, people around everywhere. A lot of the road range incidents we hear about, especially on the criminal side, there's not a lot of people around to witness what happens. Plus, you've got to look at the fact that they have public transportation up there. It's a situation where more people drive in Florida. We're a car-driven society here. Very few people take the bus percentage-wise. We don't have subways, so we're driving cars in Florida. And uh, another thing is cabs. 
taxi drivers. They're the worst drivers up there. They're always cutting each other off, honking, flicking off each other, but none of them are getting out and fighting with each other. They're all just other cab drivers. They're not going to get out and have a road rage incident or shoot one another when they know that's just what they do and that's how they drive in New York City. It's different here when we've got a lot of elderly people in, in Florida. People get annoyed at that. We've also got a lot of people that are just angrily driving around. I mean, I, I don't know what the actual answer is, but I think some of those are some good examples of why maybe it's not as bad in New York or some other bigger cities with, with those kind of weather um, concerns. Um, but Florida's trying to help out and crack down on this. Um, so we're going to talk about first, I, I, I'm going to go backwards on this, sorry. First, we're going to talk about the criminal implications. So we're going to talk about how Florida's trying to crack down on this. And let's start out with a question that a lot of people ask us. Is there a crime of road rage, a crime called road rage. There is no crime called road rage, but there are obvious crimes that come out of someone losing their temper. Just like in any situation, you lose control, you hit somebody, you strike somebody, you assault somebody, you're going to get arrested for that. People in cars, for some reason, seem to lose control more on the average than the other people walking around the street. I don't know why driving does that, but, you know, everybody just think of themselves. How many times are you driving a car and you sit there and you're yelling at somebody, you're mad at somebody who cut you off, whereas if you were walking down the street, you would have no, nowhere near the same emotion that you have driving a car. Yeah, I mean, I remember being in college and you're in a club, somebody bumps into you, you want to act like a tough guy, but like that doesn't happen on the sidewalk usually. But I don't know what it is when somebody cuts you off and then, boom, everything explodes and you probably feel really tough inside your car, like somebody feel really tough behind their keyboard and then it just, like people are saying in these uh, polls, it boils over into where you lose control. So let's talk about some of the crimes that can actually stem from road rage incidents. Well, they, they start at the bottom. You've got assault, battery, uh, assault with a deadly weapon, exhibition well, let's, of let's, a firearm. Okay, hold on. Let's take them in turn. So what's the difference between assault and battery? Assault is not a touching. Assault is a threat. Battery is an unlawful touching where someone doesn't want you to touch them and you do. So, for instance, you get out of the car, you run up to somebody's window, you bang on their window, you scream at them, that's assault. Yes. Okay. You smash their window and punch them in the face, battery. That's battery, and it also could be burglary because you actually broke into their car when you broke the plane of the window and reached into their car, which is a much more serious offense. Okay. And then how does it become battery or assault with a deadly weapon? If you have a gun, if you have a knife or something in your hand that can cause great bodily harm... That's an assault with a deadly weapon. Now you're moving from misdemeanors into felonies. Well, a battery can be a misdemeanor or a felony as well, depending on how serious it is. Well, the aggravated battery or battery right. that has a, right, serious bodily injury, yes. Okay, what about the car? Can that be considered a deadly weapon? Car can be considered a deadly weapon where someone rams in you with a car. You know, we look at these crimes, but I don't know if you're trying to go up the, the seriousness ladder, but they can go all the way up to attempted murder when you're talking about hitting someone with a car. Uh, I had a case where we had a, a client, the client felt like he was threatened, got out of the truck, grabbed a shovel, and hit the people uh, over the head with a shovel, and they were charged with attempted murder. The jury felt that it was justified because they were threatened and they were defending themselves. So that's all the different outcomes that can happen when you get in a road rage incident um, where you don't even have to touch somebody to threaten them to the amount where they feel like their life is in danger and that could turn around on you end up getting seriously injured because of this road rage, road rage incident. Well, the most common defense is self-defense. 
where you feel threatened and you're doing this to defend yourself rather than just trying to hurt somebody. Okay. So getting back to what, what crimes you can actually be charged with. So let's give examples of each one. We've given an example of assault. We've given a, an example of battery. We've given an a, example of assault and battery with a deadly weapon. Attempted murder. Obviously, that's just kind of taking it to the next step where... Well, what's the actual difference? Because there is a big difference in assault with a deadly weapon and attempted murder. Well, with attempted murder, they have to prove you actually were intending to kill somebody. Exactly. That there was going to be a death. There was going to be a homicide. Not just somebody getting hurt, but you want them to die. Right. You didn't punch someone in the face. You 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 got pissed off because somebody jaywalked and you try to run them down with your car. Right. That, that most likely is right. going to be attempted murder. And another very common one, because people in Florida especially... Because we have concealed weapons permits, people are allowed to carry guns in their cars. The mere fact that you will take a gun out and exhibit it to someone, that is a reckless disregard because there at that time you're an unlawful exhibition of a firearm and therefore you're disregarding life by the way you're waving it around. It could go off, someone could get hurt. So just the exhibition of that firearm, that's a felony and a very serious felony in Florida. Well, and it can also be a misdemeanor depending on, on how they charge it. Unlawful exhibition of firearm, I believe, is actually a misdemeanor in Florida. That's what we tried it as. Yes. Well, okay, so it can be a misdemeanor. Yes, but if you're threatening somebody. Right, but, but the just the unlawful of exhibition just, of just, the firearm is a misdemeanor. So right. that's another difference, and it can, be, it can be a nuanced difference depending on how the road, ra- road rage incident goes. But let's say you have your concealed carry permit. You feel like someone's tailgating you. You flick them off. They flick you off. People scream some stuff. There's five guards, guys in their car, and you're by yourself in your car, and you don't really want to fight with them. So what do you do? You get out of your car. You wave your gun at them, showing them you have a gun so they better not mess with you. That is a misdemeanor. That's a crime in Florida just exhibiting that firearm. Now, if you take your gun out, point it at them, and act like you're going to shoot or threaten to shoot them, then it can be a felony, and that can bring right. it kind of up to the next level. If you actually pull the trigger, obviously that's a different crime. That can be attempted murder. That can be assault. That can be all sorts of different things. And don't forget the minimum mandatories in Florida. Whenever you use a gun in a crime, you know, we got the three years, we got the 20 years, we got the life. All that can come 10, out. 10, 20 life. It's well, that's also a three-year uh, crime as well, three-year minimum mandatory for a weapon as well. Okay. It's basically any time you use a firearm you're pretty much looking at a minimum mandatory sentence of some type. Right. Okay, that doesn't, that's not with an unlawful exhibition of a firearm, though. No. That's different just because you're just showing it. Right, because the unlawful exhibition of a firearm, firearm is actually part of that crime. Right. But if you use the firearm to do another kind of crime, that's when you go in the minimum gotcha. mandatory. Okay. All right, so we'll talk about a couple other lesser defenses, but something that actually can come into these types of cases, and one of them is just a reckless driving, which in Florida... Some people don't realize it, but reckless driving is a misdemeanor. Um, So when you're dealing with reckless driving, that can be as simple as somebody uh, tailgating you, somebody ramming your bumper, somebody cutting you off, making you go off the road. They can actually be uh, convicted or charged with the crime of reckless driving. And then also, to an even lesser level, criminal negligence is another one. So what, what kind of rises to criminal negligence? Well, those kind of things are just someone doing something that puts something, somebody else in danger. That really is criminal negligence. You're negligent, you're committing a crime to such an extent that someone's going to be in danger. It's a reckless disregard for their safety. Okay. So let's talk about then some potential punishments, and you can categorize these however you want. You can either do misdemeanor, felony, first, second, third degree, or you can give specific, which was what I would like better, is give some specific examples like unlawful exhibition of a firearm. You're looking at this. If you actually shoot at someone, you're looking at this. We've talked about some of the minimum mandatories. What are some of the potential punishments that you can have with 
some of these crimes? Well, assault or reckless driving, those are second-degree misdemeanors. So the maximum punishment is 60 days in jail. Then you go to battery. Battery is a first-degree misdemeanor. So you can get a year in county jail for a battery. But then when you move into your felonies, you're looking at a minimum five-year potential. You probably won't get five years if it's your first time, but you can get a minimum mandatory if it's a firearm, such as um, attempted murder, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, burglary. When you stick that hand into the car, that's a burglary. You can actually go to prison for five years for sticking your hand into that guy's car and punching him. Right. And in addition to the jail time, which is obviously the most severe, um, which I don't think you finished going up the ladder, but there's also things like victim impact panels, the aggressive driving uh, course that you have to take, fines that you have to pay, community service, 50 hours for some of these misdemeanors that you have to do, and that can go up. So there is more stuff that you have to do when it's specific to road rage because you're on the road and they make you take, I'm sorry, not the aggressive driver, the defensive driver's course. And and sometimes you can have to take driver's ed over again and, and go through all these things or lose your license depending on what it is because like reckless driving adds points to your license. So there's actually things that affect your ability to drive. And, and try explaining some of the stuff to your insurance carrier when exactly. you come around for your renewals. Yeah, that's not great because your insurance goes up and sometimes you may be dropped and they can drop you for some of this stuff, especially if it has to do with driving. So there are some some uh, repercussions or consequences on the road for these road rage type incidents, even though the crime's not called road rage. There's also forfeitures. You can lose your car. You commit a crime and you use your car to commit the crime. The government can take your car. So you're driving around in a $70,000 car and you get out and punch somebody. They can take your car because that car was used in a criminal act. Right. And they can take your concealed carry permit, obviously, if it's a felony. But you can also lose the gun if it's a misdemeanor, even if it's an unlawful exhibition of a firearm, things like that. They can take the gun. They can take sort of, uh, different things from you. Um, so those are the criminal actions. And besides criminal negligence, all of those are intentional. Um, we're going to move into what the civil implications are for road rage cases. So even if you don't get arrested, you could potentially get sued in a road rage case. And the first one is a battery, which we've already talked about. It's when somebody punches you. That's intentional. Insurance, your car insurance will not cover that uh, intentional act. But many times in our case, we're able to prove negligence even though the person is committing road rage. So they get angry, it boils over, but they do something that's negligent because they may not be intending to hurt you. Maybe they're intending to scare you or do something or they just do something stupid and you get injured as a result of their road rage. So Pete, why don't you talk about some of the causes of action that we've come up with in road rage cases so that it is negligent and insurance will attach? Well, you know, the... One, the one, uh, okay, the one uh, that comes to mind right off the bat is simple negligence, duty, breach, causation, and damages. You have an obligation when you're operating a motor vehicle to operate that motor vehicle safely. So if you're tailgating, cutting people off, acting a fool, basically, even though it may not rise to the level of criminal, we can spin that set of facts to be what's called negligent, which would then make your car insurance carrier liable for to indemnify you to pay off whatever, uh, you know, whatever judgment or whatever damages you cause. Now, l- let's take that to the next step. A lot of these things you can actually charge or plead as intentional torts, meaning that you intended to do this or you intended to do that. Well, like you said, you don't have insurance. Why would I do that? Well, if I have a defendant that is economically capable 
I may not want to be stuck with whatever their insurance is. I may want to do it as Basically, intentional Basically, which means if the, if, the, if the defendant is rich yeah. and they do something so stupid as to get out of their car and punch somebody or run somebody off the road intentionally, then you just sue them personally. So with that case and the next step of negligence, which is gross negligence, why are those important? Gross negligence is important because it opens the door to punitive damages. Now, let me just clarify. Just because you plead gross negligence doesn't mean you have punitive damages. What are punitive damages? Punitive damages meaning punishment damages. Right. Beyond just the damages for you know the busted up car. Make or an example of somebody. Make other people not right. want to do what they did. That's what punitive damages when, are When, like for. the McDonald's case where the lady gets a million right. bucks for getting burned, that's the punitive side. The, the teaching you not to do this anymore. So a lot of these cases we see, I mean, people are so stupid sometimes, they'll run bikers off the road or people on motorcycles off the road or people that can get seriously injured, but they're just not thinking and they get annoyed. The motorcycle or moped's going too slow. They speed around the moped and slam on their brakes and the moped goes through their windshield because they hit the back of their bumper. And that's, you know, and it, I mean, is that intentional or is it negligent? I think there's kind of a fine line. We would plead it as negligence, obviously, to get the... Uh, insurance policy to cover it but it's just that stupid and people can get seriously injured and it, it gives rise to lots of lawsuits in the civil realm that people that have these road rage feelings they do something stupid and boom all of a sudden you may not be going to jail but you're going to be hit with a lawsuit and keep in mind as you said insurance companies want it to be an intentional not a negligence and we say as the lawyers we want it to be negligent so your insurance applies but you as the person doing it also wants to be negligent because then you're going to get sued personally. You're going to have to write that check yourself. I think you need to be clarified. If it's intentional, the insurance company does not have to represent them. I think that, you know that's what we're saying, but we need to come out and say it. If there's an intentional tort, which means an intentional crime is being You're committed, on the hook personally. That's right. Yeah. The insurance company's off the hook, and that's what they're going to try to prove. And a lot of times, these types of cases, we'll see something called a defense with a, in quotes, reservation of rights. And what does that mean? It means that the insurance company is defending you because you've pled negligence, but if the facts break out that it's not a negligent act, that it was in fact intentional, they have the right to walk away. And I think people need to realize if they're on the other end, if they're the ones being sued, and if their insurance company is trying to avoid covering them, then they may need a lawyer to come and help them to make sure the insurance company does cover them and doesn't get out of paying the money. So we've talked a lot about people that are the ones committing the road rage. I think that's kind of what this podcast has been uh, focused on and, and basically saying, don't do that because that's stupid. And you could go to jail. You could get arrested. You could lose your car. You could lose your concealed carry permit. You could get sued. You could lose money. You could get points on your license. You can lose your insurance. There's a lot of these repercussions legally that could come down on you. But let's talk to the other person who just cuts somebody off or tailgates somebody or flicks somebody off while they're driving. Well, you could end up being the person on the other side of that road rage, which is even worse. If you get shot, you're dead. You're not the one going to jail, but you're dead. If you're the one that flies through the windshield of somebody else's car, you're the one that's going to be in the hospital for months and months and months and months. Even though you're not the one being sued, you're going to have to deal with that. So being on either side of this road rage, even if you think you're the innocent party that all you did was flick somebody off or do something passive, it's really not worth it. And people are crazy. I mean, it, these numbers are astounding that there are this many people, 1,300 episodes. Reported with episodes. guns. I mean, that's not just somebody getting out of the car and walking up to your window or yelling at you. I mean, that's with guns. And we do car accidents. Sometimes nobody's doing anything wrong, but a rear end accident creates road rage right there. 
because they think, oh, the person stopped too fast or wasn't going with traffic or I can't believe that person rear-ended me and the victim gets out and wants to fight the defendant that rear-ended them because it was just negligence. You have to realize, give people a little grace here and realize that not everybody's perfect and a lot of car accidents happen in Florida, so don't turn it into a whole other incident just because you've been in a car accident or somebody else did something stupid on the road. The common thing in road rage is it's not premeditated. Right. People don't think about, well, I'm going to commit this crime of road rage, which is obviously we've said not a crime, but I'm going to commit this act that results in me getting arrested. No, it's one of those spur of the moment, out of control situations that you know, that people need to learn how to control their emotions. That's what's happening a lot in our country is you can't control your emotions and bam, you're in right. trouble. And from the victim's perspective, you don't know who's in that car. You don't know if yeah. they have a mental illness. You don't know if they're drunk, high. You don't have know if they're concealed a, carry with their gun right there. Right. You don't know if they're suicidal that day. Yeah. And they're just looking for a reason to do something to, to, to be famous. Yeah. You're better off locking the door, the doors of your car and just calling, yeah. you know. Or driving away rather than sitting yeah, there. Yeah, but if it's a car accident, exchange. just call right. EMS or whatever well, and deal with and it And that that's way. one of the things that Florida law enforcement will help you do. If you're, for example, the victim of this person that's tailgating you or it's Absolutely. doing crazy things, you call 911 and you tell them what's going on, they will send law enforcement And they'll to tell you. you what to do. Just keep driving the speed limit, drive this way, turn here, whatever, and they'll get a cop out there as quickly as possible, and you report it. We've had a case where... Uh, we defended somebody for a road rage incident and the charges were different what they came in as and then what they ended up being when we went to trial. But what saved the people from from really something worse happening is they did call 911, reported to the law enforcement, and law enforcement took down our client's information, went out there, and uh, it, it didn't exceed or, or go up any further than escalate any worse than what it was, just like an unlawful exhibition of a firearm or something like that. The key was they called their lawyers early. What? That if you call your lawyer early to try to talk about what's going to happen after it happened, that lawyer might be able to affect the charges that occur. Okay, yeah, you're yes. talking about from the criminal defense right. standpoint, but I'm talking right. about if you feel a road rage incident is occurring, call the cops right then. Don't wait till after it's over. Call the cops right then, report it, see what they can do to help you. And yeah, I mean, if you get arrested for it, as in any other case, call a lawyer earlier than later. And the one thing that we found, at least lately, we've had some road rage car accident victims where the cars or the people around you are like, oh my gosh, they stop yeah. and they wait for the police to show yeah. up. Good luck lying about that and saying, no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that because they're, God forbid, somebody's mowing their lawn that day and they saw you. We have that. Mm -hmm. Where this guy lied, our, our client was the one on the moped that went over his, his uh, handlebars and he said, this guy just cut me off and slammed on the brakes right in front of me because he must have been mad I could only go 30 miles an hour. And the guy in the car is like, no way. Just so happened that there was some guy mowing his lawn that came over and said this guy was absolutely driving aggressively. He cut off this guy, stopped right in front of him, went over the double yellow to go around him, created a hazard for other people, boom, slammed on the brakes, and the cop wrote the guy the ticket, and now you got a road rage incident. Well, how about how things have changed with iPhones? Everybody's taking videos now of everything that oh, goes gosh. on. Or having a GoPro attached to their dashboard. Yeah, so you've got to realize there may be somebody videoing you right then as things are happening. There's a good chance of it because everybody's got a video camera in their pocket. I, I've had that happen to me. I've had a guy who's come up behind me at a red light. I don't even know why. Maybe I cut him off. I don't know. Nothing intentional, but it wouldn't put it past me to cut him off or something. And he's holding his iPhone out of his driver's side window, filming me, I guess, to see what else happens as I'm driving. Literally. I mean, nothing ever happened. I don't know what happened with it, but he was literally filming. That happens all the time where these people are just start start filming to see what happens. And I mean, it's getting no, crazy. No right to privacy out there in the, exactly. as you're driving on the road. 
All right, so we are done with another topic. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, email in or check us out on social media at Tragos Law. Our website is tragoslaw.com. Drive safe.